0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod. Email the show, Pod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 05362. Seven one two eight on today's show brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use our promo code lock fifteen to get fifteen percent off your next order. We're gonna dive into this game against the Cleveland Cavaliers and talk about yet another roster move that the Thunder have made at the back end of this season. Let's dive in as we always do to the game overview. And this was the ultimate must lose game for the Thunder. They had to lose this game. It's it's vital whenever you're playing teams above you in the tankathon a thon standings like Cleveland, like Washington coming up, uh, that you lose these games. It gets you closer to your end goal, and it's really a, a double game in, in that sense where you can actually control two outcomes, not just your own, but somebody else's. Because as the Thunder are trying to catch up, right, you have an additional win than the Cavaliers do. You have 20, they have 19. You have two more wins than the Washington Wizards do and three more, than the Magic do. As you're trying to catch up in these standings, you know, in these reverse standings, you know, if you lose five straight games, but also the Washington Wizards lose five straight games, you've done nothing. You've accomplished absolutely nothing. Uh, that's why there's hardly been any movement in this five-game losing streak, and in the last 10, the Thunder are 2-8, and eight, and there's hardly been any movement because they haven't been able to play these teams better than them or, and hand them wins to where they've been losing just as much. Like Orlando has lost three straight As you've lost five straight. The Thunder are two and seven in their last, or two and eight in their last 10. The the Wizards are three and seven. So you can no longer just out lose teams. You have to have them win games also. You have to catch up now. And so that's why these games against Cleveland and this stretch coming up against Washington are so important because it's not just the simple fact of losing, it's getting those teams to win also. And this stretch sucks. I mean, losing five straight games sucks and rooting for your team to lose sucks, but it's for the betterment of this organization. Uh, this is going to be a tough six-game stretch and, and a very important six-game stretch. Uh, but whenever you think about it, this is six games in exchange for a 10-year dynasty. I will gladly sit here and suffer and want the Thunder to lose in this six-game stretch for the reward of a 10-year dynasty. It's, it's as simple as that. You put yourself in a position to where if you lose these six games the correct way, then you can get rewarded with a, with a top-five pick, and in this draft, you, you will have a chance at a top-five pick. And within those top-five picks in this year's draft class with this team in Oklahoma City, if you get one of those top-five players, you have now gotten a franchise-changing guy next to Shea, next to Alexei Pogoshevsky, next to Tail Malthon, next to Lou Dort, next to Darius Baisley, next to whoever else that you put on this core and you still have a treasure trove of first-round picks. A top-five pick in this year's draft class is so, so vital. And if you do this right and you play your cards right and the ping-pong balls found, bounce your way and the odds are forever in your favor, well, then you could have two of them if that Rockets, Rockets pick falls to five. This six-game stretch will suck. It's not fun. Whenever you have mixed emotions about the team doing well, right? Whenever this game is back and forth in that first quarter, second quarter, you have mixed emotions. It's not fun. I'd rather be reading for this team to win outright, uh, but I will exchange, as this franchise is exchanging, which they're clearly doing themselves, they're clearly tanking, clearly trying to lose, I will also exchange these six games for a 10-year dynasty. And and when you look at the stretch, right, you have these two weekend games against Utah and Philadelphia. You're going to lose those games no matter what. even, Even if this team was fully healthy and had Al Horford, had SGA, you're losing these two games. They're just better than you. But the six-game stretch starts here, right? It's Golden State, who's vying for that play-in. It's Detroit, who's ahead of you right now on Tankathon. You're not going to catch Detroit, but you can still uh, make some headway there with a big loss against Detroit. And then Toronto is a sneaky, sneaky one because they're really banged up right now. They're losing games constantly. Uh, They are falling apart right before our eyes. They've lost two in a row. They're 3-7 and in their last 10. They could slip down in the Tankathon rankings to where – that could be a must-lose game, as tonight's game was. And then you have the two games against Washington, split up by the Indiana game. Indiana is an Eastern Conference team that's trying to play in-game, uh, and so they're going to be trying to beat you. Washington right now is ahead of you on Sankathon.com. so you can make up two games right there by losing to Washington. And how nice would it be, if you're going to have to lose to anybody, to lose to Russell Westbrook and let him just go off and be the reason why you lose these couple of games. And in this season, a couple of ga- a couple losses could be the difference in getting Cade Cunningham and getting than Mobley, we're getting Cade Cunningham and getting Keon Johnson. So let Russell Westbrook be the difference maker again for this franchise. Six games. You've got six games for 10 years of a dynasty. It'll be pretty, pretty cool. So before this game, it was reported from an overseas outlet that the Thunder are signing Gabriel Deck, and they are waving. which we found this out after the game, where they're waving Darius Miller to make room for Deck. And so Miller goes... So free agency, and the Thunder do a solid by waiving him prior to the April 9th deadline uh, to allow him to join a playoff team if he, if a playoff team wants him. Uh, That's where now he is playoff eligible this season. And the Thunder get to go with a young guy. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about Gabriel Deck before today, but from what I've heard, this is a solid pickup. He signs a three-year deal according to that overseas source, and let's not get too crazy about the three-year deal, right? This is this is. positive a funny business three-year deal where this rest of the year is guaranteed and the Thunder have 15,000 outs between now and the end of this three-year deal, just as they do with Moses Brown, just as they did with Lou Dort before guaranteeing his contract, just as they did with with Deontay Burton before getting out of that contract. It's going to be one of those funny business deals to where it's a kind of fake three-year deal unless he plays extremely well. He's from Argentina. He's 26 years old. He's a small four that stands 6'8. Played in the very best uh, Europe European League, which is awesome because I mean there is differences. which we saw Poku play in a glorified YMCA league. This is the best of the best playing for Real Madrid. He played with Luka Doncic, I believe, as well. Uh, he's undrafted in 2017. Went back to, of course, Real Madrid. And he's a very active defender and streaky shooter, from what I've been told by multiple people uh, from overseas who listen to the show and who watched him play. I appreciate all you guys uh, tweeting at me and getting that information to me. He shot 41% from deep this year, but it seems as though the the reception around him or the perception around him is that, that that's kind of an illegitimate number. It's kind of like a Kenny Hustle type 41% to where he's never done this before in his career because he's more of a streaky shooter than a 41% shooter. And he has the ability to make threes, though, obviously, because he's shooting, for, he's shooting 41%. Uh, but it's not going to be a tried and true 41%. He's a knockdown shooter. That's not kind of his game. It seems as though his, his praise is coming from the defensive end of the floor and he can also shoot the ball a little bit. He's a champion overseas and he won the grand finale uh, or grand final MVP. I don't know what that means, but it's an MVP. So it must be pretty good for, for Gabriel deck. Um, you know, I think that this is just kind of an eh move. I mean, at the end of the day, he's 26 years old, and would you rather take a shot at at Gabriel Deck for the rest of this year and maybe even part of next year, uh, or would you rather have Darius Miller play 12 minutes a night? I'd rather have the 26-year-old from Argentina. That that could do something and maybe surprise you. Uh, you know, he, he's his nickname translates to Turtle for some reason. Um, I, I, I hesitate to even say that because I, I, that cannot be right, that he's called a Turtle. It must mean something else. But we'll get to talk to him eventually. They said that he's flying in right now, and he's already signed. and He's going to be here in Oklahoma City eventually. So I'm sure will have to quarantine for a couple of days, you know, six days, I believe, is what they did for Horde. Uh, so eventually we'll get to talk to him and ask him about that turtle thing. Uh, I, will, I would gladly call him Turtle every time he makes a shot, but I just want to make sure that we're not getting duped by the, uh, by the translate tweet feature or, or something like that. Uh, that is a that is, uh, nickname, Translates, to turtle. I'm excited for it. I mean, it, it's interesting. I think that there was a podcast that Andrew Schleck pointed out that he was with Kobe and Kobe wanted this guy to come over to the Lakers uh, whenever he was around the time of entering the draft with, uh, I believe it was Mano Ginobili praising him highly. And I believe Mono Ginobili was also 26 whenever he joined the Spurs. I'll have to confirm that with Lockdown Spurs host Jeff Garcia. But I believe that Ginobili was 26 whenever he joined the Spurs too. So like, it's not like he's a outrageously old guy. I, I know that for the Thunder... He's old and he's above their average age of the rush they played out tonight with all the injuries. Uh, but 26 is not very old. He's the same age as Kenny Hustle. So if you believe Kenny Hustle can be a part of this score, you believe that, that Gabriel, that can be a part of the score if he is good. And we'll see if he's good. And, and the defense, we'll, we'll see if it translates to the NBA. We'll see how the three-point shot goes with the NBA. And again, why not? It's just kind of an eh move. Why, why not see what he has if Sam Presti believes in him and the, and the Thunder has spent a ton of assets and resources in scouting overseas talent. I trust their overseas eye more so than most teams outside of the Spurs, where Sam Presti came from, and uh, a few other teams. It's really the Spurs and the Mavericks and the Raptors and the Thunder that that are really good overseas scouts. And so I trust those guys. And I, again, would rather have the rest of this year with Gabriel Deck than with Darius Miller. And we'll talk about Miller coming up and talk more about Deck and then get into this game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, Use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. Go there right now and get the six new flavors, caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. The built Bars are soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside. They are phenomenal for a health-conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. I love the cookies and cream option at BuiltBar.com, so go there right now to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. LOCKED15, 15% 15 off your next order. I also would like to tell you right now, but our good friends over at the Locked On Today podcast. I start my morning every single morning with the great Peter Bukowski getting me set for the day with Locked On Today. It's all the sport news you need in under 20 minutes with the new Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. They cover every single major story from around all the sports landscape. So follow it over there. Locked On Today on the Odyssey app, or wherever else you get your podcast from. Let's dive in more to this Gabriel Deck move, which I believe that people might call him Gabby overseas. I, I couldn't tell if it was like a, if he prefers Gabby, if it's kind of a shortened name to where, like we say, Kenny Hustle, like but what he doesn't really care if we call him Kendrick. Like, I, I don't know what he prefers, Gabriel, Gabriel or uh, Gabby, but either way, the new prospect from Argentina, interesting, fun, exciting. Darius Miller, though, is a casualty of this move and he gets let go. And I, I, for one, have been somebody that's been really on this train all year long, more so than most people, but I do believe that there's something special about what Justin Jackson, about what Darius Miller, about what Mike Muscala are doing this season, off the floor, most, more so. You saw when this move was official, Ty Jerome of one, is one instance, before I started recording this, of someone who went on Twitter and praised Darius Miller, called him the best teammate he's ever played with. And when you put that into the context of Darius Miller was rehabbing a Achilles injury was shipped over Oklahoma city out of nowhere for Steven Adams and didn't get many minutes despite being healthy. And whenever he got minutes, all he did was make buckets and, and, and hit threes and do his job. And still, no matter what he did, he couldn't get on the floor for a, an extended period of time. Despite Mark telling us he's fully, he's fully healthy you know, because he's not part of the plan, because he's old, because he's, not a young piece. And, and, and due to those factors, he couldn't get on the floor. He took that in stride and he stayed ready. And every single game he's hitting shots, and he's being a good player on the floor and every single game he's helping young players off the floor. And, and I know it's their job and they get paid millions of dollars, but if that's easier said than done, look around you, look around the NBA. How many guys are not like that? How many guys do not put that arm around the, the young guy? How many guys do not take on that hands-on role? If you're going to, if you're going to criticize Darius Baisley's body language, which I think is unfair also, but if you're going to criticize Darius Bailey's body language every turn, I mean, that's like the number one thing that is brought up in any Darius Baisley conversation is his body language. If you're going to criticize that, then you have to praise whenever Darius Miller is dealing with this adversity and is able to do the right thing because you're criticizing Darius Baisley, who's dealing with his own adversity of not playing very well and having bad body language. This is a guy who's playing very well and not getting on the, on the court and still having good body language. So you have to do it both ways. And Darius Miller does deserve a spot here on this podcast of just a hat tip to him for being that consummate veteran before we move on to this game. So now let's get into the game with the injury report. Of course, SGA was out. Darius Miller was out with a groin injury. Lou Dort was out with a concussion. is out with that shoulder contusion. Muscala was out with the ankle injury. Roby, Hall, both have concussions. And then for the Cavs, it was Allen. Larry Nance Jr. and Dylan Wendell was out as well. You know, I really wish that Jared Allen would play in this game because of the fact they I wanted to see him go up against Moses Brown. That'd be a pretty interesting matchup to watch in this one. Uh, but uh, you know, he's hurt. I think he had a concussion, I believe. So another concussion on this injury docket for each team. But Moses Brown plays well against a double-double. Uh, he, he played solid. I just wish we could have seen him against Allen. The big story, though, was at first, Teo Malthon coming out on fire. Teo Malthon was incredible to start this game. He gets the first five points. He gets a knockdown jump shot to start the game. And then, from Taylor Malone, it goes to Ty Jerome, who sets a career high in points and shot amazing from beyond the arc. His average now for the year, his percentage now for the year from three-point lane is now 40%. After going 55% in this one, he scores 23 points. Again, that career high, three assists, three rebounds. And what Mark talked about after the game was, you know, Ty Jerome had a bad game. Yesterday, and not just the shooting numbers. He, he says that Jerome didn't play a good floor game yesterday. He just did not play a good game at, in any facet yesterday. And yet he bounces back today and is able to have a career high night and a career night where he's also giving you not just the three, the three point shooting, but the floor game of being a good playmaker, being in the right spots, getting teammates set up and involved. He did everything tonight that you could have asked him to do in 31 minutes after a really bad game. And that bounce back is something that you look for whenever you're evaluating who can who can stick around long-term. And Ty Jerome has that initial big surge, right, right after the bubble of he's going to be a guy, he's going to be a guy. And then that kind of goes away for a little bit, and now I think it's coming back of like, okay, this is going to be somebody who can find a role on this team. And the Thunder have to decide who all can find a role in this team moving forward. But I think Ty Jerome can be that player and one of those players because of games like tonight. And Teo again, had a really solid night. He goes for 14 points. He does have the three turnovers again, the three fouls, because he's playing a really interesting matchup against Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, who just, would, of course, were going to be relentless in attacking and trying to get their buckets, and they both get 20 points apiece. Garland finishes with 21 points, and Sexton gets 27. They both got their buckets, and they both provided a good test for Teo Maladon to start this game, who plays 30 minutes a night and is a starting guard and is really in charge of this offense now that SGA is out. And, and them played well. He's up to the test. Got some fouls, but that's going to happen. The turnovers at three are not atrocious for rookie guard to me. I, I I do not mind that number at all. Four assists, two rebounds. Was inefficient shooting, You know, 35% from the floor, 16% from deep. But what are you going to do about it? It's, it's kind of a tough game, especially with the way he started this game. He just could not get it going the rest of the way. But he started out really, really good from the floor. Sue McKay-Luke, 10 points. The Thunder had a lot of guys in double-digit points. I mean, they scored 102 points, and they're able to have a, a huge offensive explosion in the second half, or I should say the first half. Kenny Hustle was one of those players who got double digits. He got 12 points. They'd give you five fouls, two uh, turnovers, two steals, nine assists. He almost had a double-double. And Borderline could have had a triple-double because he got the 12 points and then had seven rebounds and nine assists with the two steals to go along with those five fouls. Kenny Hustle is also still battling that injury. He suffered earlier this week, uh, but he's been playing through it and never missed a game. And, and still he's able to do what he's able to do right now. But the bigger conversation for Kenny Hustle is the two for three from beyond the arc and his shooting numbers from beyond the arc and figuring out what is real and what isn't real because the numbers around the league are going up and, and, and the numbers around the league are kind of looking like outlier numbers Because here's a guy in Kenny House who's never shot the ball particularly well from beyond the arc, not even particularly well at TCU, much less in the NBA. And he's shooting 42% from beyond the arc on almost two shot attempts per game from three. And and, and you wonder how realistic this is for him, for a guy who before this had a career high of 33% from beyond the arc on three attempts his rookie season and then dropped down to 25% from three last year on almost three attempts as well. I think the bottom line is for Kenny Hustle that this 42% number doesn't have to be real. Like it can be fake. It can be as fake as it can be. Uh, as long as he can give you 32% and above with the other stuff he's able to do on the floor, the cutting, the defense, the the hustle plays, whatever else he's able to provide, the energy giving plays he to provide. If he can go north of 32%, you're, you're golden. You, know, you have a great contract with he, him only being owed $2 million a year in the next two seasons, if you guarantee it. You found a steal for a guy who was going to be out of the NBA without that Steven Adams trade, which is simply, a, it was only signed to be signed in trade in that Steven Adams trade. You found the steal with him, because if he shoots above 32%, he'll, he'll be a good enough player to stay on the floor and a good enough player uh, to provide value for you uh, moving forward. So I don't particularly care if the 42% number is legit or not, because to me, I believe he won't fall off that dramatically. As long as he finds the middle ground of you know 32, 33% and 42% and does not revert back to that 25% number, he's perfectly fine. Another thing is that he was not shooting well from the floor in general in his first two years. He shot 38% from the floor his rookie year and 34% his second year. And then now this year, he's shooting 54% from the floor. Like All all of his numbers have improved this season. What's real, what's fake is still to be determined. But as far as the three-point shooting goes, I don't think he's now this sharp shooting three-point assassin off the bench. But it doesn't have to be. That's not his game. That's not his role. So even if that does drop off a lot, it doesn't particularly impact his future with this team. He's going to still be a very valuable piece moving forward and a very valuable contract. Moving forward, coming up, let's talk about pokoshevsky Let's talk about Moses Brown some more and Jalen Horde as well as do the game awards. But first, I want to tell you about good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props, on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, the odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. So go to betonline.ag, sign up for your free account, use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus. betonline.ag, your online sportbook book experts. We are back on Locked on Thunder, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder And now I want to tell you about your friends over at the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Listen, the NBA Draft's right around the corner. I have now officially mapped out every show from now until the NBA Draft. I have it all mapped out on this huge Google spreadsheet. I know exactly what shows are coming out when. And we have some amazing guests that revolve around the draft and around other things as well. We have so many great guests coming up on this podcast. I cannot wait to release. And some of those guests even come from the Locked On NBA Draft podcast and outside of the lockdown sphere as well. So it's going to be incredible. We're diving fully into this draft, especially on off days when there's no game recap pod. It'll almost be exclusively draft content. That's why you need to get prepped for it. You need to get prepped for it by listening to the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. I just cannot wait for to hear all their great draft analysis from overseas, guys, to stateside guys to first-round picks, first overall picks to 60th overall picks, and even 250th prospects on the board who maybe might possibly get drafted. They have so much content over there locked on NBA Draft, the four credentialed draft experts on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast from. So now let's dive into the rest of this game. First of all, Pokashevsky, even without this game, since the bubble, is averaging 13 points, three assists, six rebounds, a block on 36% from beyond the arc and 39% from the floor. Since the bubble, he's been phenomenal. And that's without including this game against Cleveland. And in this game, he goes 25% from the floor and 25% from beyond the arc, 10 points, six rebounds, two assists, two blocks. The best thing for Poku though came outside of the box score. It was how he made one of those two threes. It was an amazing step back three that looked like something a seven footer should not be able to do. And left you wondering, just what can this guy become? We do- we dove into that a bit yesterday, so if you missed that, go check it out. But just what can Alexei Pogoszewski become for this Oklahoma City Thunder team? I'm so fascinated to see what he will look like in even a year from now, after a full off season of NBA conditioning, NBA training staffs, NBA off seasons, all that great stuff. But seven players in double figures, including Jalen Horde, who is awesome in transition. He's very smart filling the lanes. He's always in the right spot, it feels like. He's a really good cutter. And Jalen Hoard in this game, gives you 12 points off the bench going for 24 minutes, and he shoots 44% from the floor, four for six from the free throw line, five rebounds, two assists. He was everywhere on the floor today. And once again, the Thunder find a two-way guy that's at least fun to watch. How many two-way guys are only going to play garbage time minutes, and how many two-way guys are only going to play like three minutes a night and just be a disaster out there. Instead, you get yet another two-way guy who's fun to watch and, and has you thinking, maybe, maybe there's a pathway there for him. Although I do not foresee it to be this year, I think that I think that he'd be a good candidate for a two-way deal this offseason again and having another two-way, two-way deal next year with the Thunder. Uh, but still, he's fun to watch in these 24 minutes. I've enjoyed it as well. As Justin Robinson, who didn't have a good box score night tonight, only made one shot, it was from beyond the arc, he uh, gets three points and three assists and two rebounds. I just love watching him play. He's a high-energy guy who just is giving you all he has and every ounce of effort he has on every single play, and and that will be good enough to watch in games like this for 17 minutes. So the MVP of this game is, of course, going to have to be Ty Jerome for having a career-high night, and he also wins the Moneyball Award, which is the most three-pointers made in a single game. I picked I picked Tail Maldon pregame. Maldon, of course, does not win this award because Ty Jerome hits five threes in this game. The better of the day, I picked Cavs minus three and a half. That, of course, hits big in this one. Next up for the Thunder will be Saturday against the Philadelphia 76ers. That will be a game that will go probably worse than this one because the 76ers are really, really, really good. But we'll see if the Sixers pull any funny business. I mean, do they want to play... Joel Embiid in this game, whenever he's still coming back from that injury, we'll see if they do or if they don't. We'll know that Friday night leading into that game at 8 p.m., probably around 7.30 is whenever that injury report will come out with the Thunder and the 76ers. So, so follow me on Twitter for that at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Stay locked to Locked on Thunder. Trust me, we have so much great content, especially revolving around the draft and our Game Recap podcast. You will not want to miss it. Make sure that you also on Twitter, tell me your favorite draft prospects. Who do we need to talk about? Who are your favorite? Who are your least favorite? Let me know on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. My goal with the guests that I have lined up and myself with all of us pulling together. I want to be able to cover every single player that could possibly get drafted with any of the Thunder's picks, even the second round guys. I'm gonna cover every single one of them. That way we're not left holding the bag saying, wait, wait, who did the Thunder just draft? Wait, who who who's coming to this team? Sam Presti will still make it happen. He will still be a man of mystery in drafting these guys we've never heard of. But my goal is to not let that happen this year. So we're going to try to do it. We're going to try to accomplish that. And it will be thanks to the help of my amazing guests. So make sure you're subscribed and locked into the show, Locked on Thunder. We'll be back to recap the Philadelphia game. Until then, be good and be good to one another.